This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Happy holidays. If you're joining us for the very first time, welcome to Leave It on the Dance Floor. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. What an interesting, crazy New York trip it's been so far, huh? I don't know about interesting. I don't know about crazy, but busy. Busy, busy, busy. I feel like I have worked, 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 fell down, worked, worked, worked. But the kids, you know, it's so nice getting to see what the kids feel when they're in your class, when they're in your Q&As. They just love every second of you, even well, if you just talk. I feel like it. sometimes I'm tough on the kids at an event because you'll get one or two children that have really bad behavior, poor etiquette for the classroom. And then the a couple mother, mothers, the, too. The mothers, yeah. yes. Uh, the majority, and I would say 95%, of the people are there to learn, to have an experience, to meet me, to take class from me, to see what it was like to be a member of the ALDC Elite competition team. And that's wonderful. And they get more than they bargained for, right? Well, they get more than they paid for. <laughs> that way. They get a lot. But yes. yeah, just to recap, you did uh, Long Island, you did two New Jersey, uh, you just shot the final episode of season nine yesterday. I did, I did, three episodes. Three episodes. Three. And I, that was my first time actually getting to be there for the filming. Well, that wasn't quite so exciting because I was a bit under the weather, I'll admit. And I was sneezing and coughing uh, throughout it, so I couldn't really go in on anybody. But it's not that show, that's not what it's about. It's a competition show where five or six young kids come in not knowing what is expected of them. Just that they have to bring a solo costume with them, as you know, the earrings, the headpiece, the whole nine yards, and dance wear. And that's it, that's all they know. That's all the moms know. And they start by doing their solo from their studio, from their teacher, performing their solo. And then somebody gets cut, maybe two people go home. And then there's choreography comprehension, which is the most important phase. We teach a combination. I teach, Scarlett assists me. Scarlett Petty from Brownwood, Texas is here in town and she did the choreography for me and the kids learn it, boom. Then they have to execute it. So how fast do they pick up? How fast can they turn it around and make it magic? And yesterday they had about, what would you say? 25 minutes to learn the choreo? Maybe 15? It was pretty 25 quick. 25 minutes, 15, are you kidding? Like five minutes. Yeah, it was very it's quick. Fast. And these kids, obviously you picked the best of the best to come and they really turned it out. So it was just really impressive. And right. it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a really cool concept that I know that the fans are just right. gonna love. But Happy holidays. We're here. I, you know, we had to get a holiday episode in. I had to get Abby. You know, it's before Christmas. So, well, I, you know. I love that because on the television show Dance Moms, we were never allowed to play with the holidays. And as a choreographer, 
dance teacher, we could have done so many fabulous Halloween episodes. We could have done Easter things. We could have done, heck, I mean, Valentine's Day, the love songs. We could have done it all. But, you know, we were just a, we were just a machine pumping out episodes for a network. It didn't matter the quality, the integrity, uh, the concepts that went, it didn't matter. Just get it out, get it done, get it out, get it done. And well, luckily for season four, right before season four dropped, you shot a Christmas special with the, the entire one cast. one and only. And That's what, the one and only Christmas, am I right? Yeah, yes. that is the one and only Christmas special. 360, and, wait, three, how many numbers? Oh, you did 638. Wait, 638 routines, one Christmas routine. That's it. How? How? But what an episode it was. I, you know, when we rewatched it, I just forgot how the, the one-liners, you got like this cast, you guys didn't make any of this, uh, like it just came to you. Like the way that you yes, all performed on television. Yes, and I was thinking about the new show, you know, season nine, Abby Lee Dance With Me, and I don't think I have one-liners, like iconic sayings, but then again, in 2013 and 14 and 15, I didn't think they were iconic one-liners either. Who thought that people were going to be mimicking me on TikTok? Nobody. And what was TikTok? It no. didn't exist. But, you know, not going to spoil anything, there is one line that is pretty iconic of yours that you do use. Oh, everyone's replaceable? All no. The time? The... Oh, oh, yeah. that's going to be... Yeah, we can't spoil that. That's going to go viral. And yes. everyone will be doing that. People in offices, yes. people in, you know, the workplace, outside, lumberjacks, police officers. Oh, they're going to do it. Yeah, it's exciting. And just in time for the holidays, we have podcast merch. Yay! Cheers! Cheers. Leave it on the dance floor. Here, let's Has, cheers. Yeah, we're going to cheers. You mean the wrong way. Break that wrist. Well, yep. Yeah, there uh, we go. Okay. Use the other hand. Boom. Boom. There you go. Cheers, Cheers to. Eye contact, Michael. Or it's bad luck, right? That's what they say. Well, it's bad something. So we have hats. We have a beautiful uh, water tumbler. We have. Oh, now all the kids are talking about the Stanley Cup. You don't need a Stanley Cup. You have leave it on the dance floor cup. I mean, come on. This is like the same manufacturer too, I think, is the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Fabulous. There we go. Look at that. And metal straw for, you know, everybody, you know, obviously environmentally conscious for sure. You know, I don't drink out of a straw. And that's the cool thing about this is that you can just do that. And I don't drink out of a straw because it gives you those lines in your lips. Mm -hmm. But I didn't learn that until it was kind of too late. But you kids that are listening, learn it now. Never Plus too. Plus you drink more. Yes. Out of a straw. Yes. And if I hear a kid slurp in a restaurant next to me, it's almost like whoosh, automatic that head's coming off of that child. It's like off with your head. It's like when you hear that. Yeah. Just order another drink. Don't do, or let the ice melt a little. That bit. and don't sniff. Don't sniffle around it, Miss Abby. No. Don't yeah. Get a Kleenex. Yeah. Get a Kleenex. But we also have a beautiful tote bag with uh, Abby's face blown up and. Well, artwork. it's not exactly a Louis Vuitton Neverfull, but it's me. Perfect to carry your dancewear. Is there a in. joke there? Like the Neverfull, you didn't get it. All right. 
<laughs> you know me, I'm a little bit slow. But yeah, yeah so uh, they are available on the Herd at Shop. They are linked uh, so everybody can shop them for the podcast. What's so amazing is you've put out you so many- You can talk about your hat. Oh no, my beautiful dad slash baseball hat. It's uh, beautiful though. It, I, people don't know that I collect baseball hats. Oh really? Don't send me a baseball hat. Yes, Broadway show baseball hats and cool baseball hats. But I only mainly wear my Prada baseball hat. But now I'm going to wear this one. Yeah. And what is so amazing is that it has such a beautiful quality of embroider. It, and Abby was just talking with me before we started recording. It always looks better having something embroidered. Right. I mean, I have a ton of shirts that are embroidered and just it's like better with butter. Mm -hmm. Better with embroidery. Better always. with embroidery. Yes. Yeah. So everybody, happy shopping uh, and you happy have holiday. Happy holidays. Looking uh, for that last minute gift. Here you go. Yes. Me. And also, you know, Abby has so many new um, merch drops on yeah. store.abbyleedance.com. We, we don't have tote bags, uh, but we have satchels. We have fanny packs, the cross the body shoulder packs. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have backpacks that are lightweight, that have the big bottle cup holders yes. on the side. We have uh, crop tops. And what I'm most excited about, dancewear. Woo! We have the manufacturers that create for Lululemon. They made my leggings and my tank top. So the tank top is short, but it's not a bra top. Uh, it's a V-neck. It's a beautiful line. It really snatches in your waist. And the leggings, they're tight, they're firm, they control, but they're also so flexible, meaning your splits, your leg catches, uh, your fullback splits, all of that, no problem. They're great. Everybody they're great. was wearing them in class yes. the last couple and of And they come in extra, extra small, uh, yeah. like a large child kid size, and then small adult, medium adult, large adult. Yes. Yeah. So it's so exciting. So happy shopping, everybody. Yes. Uh, so obviously, before we start, you know, giving a little recap of the holiday episode of Dance Moms in season four, uh, you know, it is 2024, basically. How crazy, like, is there anything that you're looking forward to in the new year? Oh, well, if I could stay healthy uh, in one piece long enough. I hope to get back up and walking. You know, I was walking 180 steps without resting, without sitting, uh, without anything, just walking straight with the walker, of course. Uh, and then I broke my leg, shattered my tib-fib in uh, Florida, in Orlando, in a swimming pool. So freak, uh, I mean, just a freak accident. And then a year later, last year, December 19th. What's, yeah. the, what's today's date? Today is the 19th, I believe. How weird. No, it's the 18th. 18th. Today is the 18th. So tomorrow, everybody pray, hold your breath yes. all day that I remain safe because uh, literally I shattered my tib-fib again down lower at my ankle. It's still not healed enough to resume the physical therapy that mm -hmm. I was doing. And it's a year. And I spent Christmas... Eve, Christmas Day, in the hospital with the surgery, and then New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, in physical rehab. Yeah, just being able to transfer from my chair to the bed and back again on one foot. It's nuts. 
But obviously, you know, all of our listeners, the ALDC elites, there's so many people that message you sending all their love and prayers all the time. Yes. You know, as oh, you, thank you. Of you course. Know, as you continue to, yes. you know, make your recovery through life, but you are living. And that's something that I really admire about you because you always, you know, there's some times where I'm like, you know, maybe just, you know, stay home today or, or just lay down or work, you know, and, be, and you tell me, I have to live. I, I am here and I need to live. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I, God g- gave me a second chance and I did not die. So I'm not going to lay in a bed. I mean, I did lay in a hospital bed for 10 months and then it was COVID. Mm-hmm. So we had another how many months Then I broke my leg and then it was another month. I, I've already done that. I got to get out there. I have to live. That's why I wanted to live here in New York City. I don't know if everyone knows that I'm living here. Now. Yeah, you've been here for a couple weeks now. I am so excited to finally be living here, right? Uh, I get a place, my own apartment, there's a doorman, you know, it's first class, and there are three giant steep steps up to get into the place. So I think this can't be right. There's probably a different entrance. You know, lots of times when you're handicapped, you have to go through the back door, through the kitchen or something. You don't like get to come inside with regular folks. It's very demeaning. But there wasn't. There was a ramp. A ramp. So I got in and I got up the ramp. And I thought, oh, well, that's the hard part because it was so steep. So I got up the ramp and inside and everything was fine. And the next day, couldn't get out. Well, I did. But it was quite hazardous. And then uh, I had to get in again. So it was all crazy. But I'm in a better place now. Yep. And thank you, you know, Amanda and Alex and my travel people. They got me into some place that is safe. It's a little further out of the way, but it's still it's good. We're good. Great. We're so, good. what do you think? Can you see yourself living in New York more throughout the year? What do you think or just nothing really beats it for the holidays, right? Well, there's a lot of people on the street. Yes. Oh my god. And a goodness. lot of people recognize me. So, it takes me what an hour and it would take you 20 minutes yeah yeah just to say the least i mean you're you always say that you know you go into target for 10 minutes and you're there for an hour Taking so basically pictures. Times square or even just on a side street and people it's... scream and they yell and they go crazy which is very flattering but somewhat dangerous yeah you know and i have to watch that i don't roll over anybody's feet and sometimes people have a cigarette or an umbrella or something in a long cylinder and they can poke my eye out or burn me because their hands are down and they don't realize it. And I mean, just yesterday when we were walking or the day before, I saw somebody carrying their Christmas tree and you didn't notice, I don't think, but it literally almost whacked you right in the face. Oh no. So, you know, just for anybody out there, just be mindful. Um, but Nothing beats holidays in the city. No, um, the, the windows of the department stores are magnificent. Uh, Rockefeller Center is gorgeous. The tree is, t- it's its just the place to be. Yes. And what I do note is the families that are here. There's moms, there's dads, there's children of all ages. There's strollers everywhere. Leave the strollers at home, people. They push the stroller. There's nothing in it but packages. They're carrying yeah. the kid. <laughs> if the kid's not in the stroller, leave the stroller in the car. And uh, 
but it's very wholesome, it yes. feels, in New York City, which I am so thankful for. Because there were times when I was growing up that it was very seedy and very mm. dark and very unsafe to be here. And that is not the case anymore. So bring your family, stay in a hotel, eat pizza, have a bagel, and see a Broadway show. For sure. And right before, you know, we were going to get into the episode. Thank you all for being so patient. I just wanted to quickly, uh, we got our Spotify wrapped and it was so interesting and insightful to see, you know, where our listeners listen from and our, just want to, you know, tell everybody that our top five countries are the United States, of course, the United Kingdom. We win in everything in the United States. You don't know that? We're always number one. Always, always. the United States okay. is number one. But then number three came in uh, at Australia, of course. Of course. Four, Canada, of course. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. And then number five, Ireland. So not really too surprising, right? I mean, that's... No, UK was second? UK was second, Australia, Australia. third, then Canada, right, then Ireland. Right, because when I produced the two songs, uh, they went to number one in the United States, and then the UK, and then Australia. Right, yeah. right in that order. And That's obvi- where you have your dancers. Yes, right. yes. And obviously our most listened to episode was our first episode, Let the Floodgates Open. That's what we titled the first one. Remember we shot okay, that in yes. Florida? Yes. yes. And then obviously Kalani's episode was super, super popular. Okay. Um, and we peaked at number one on Spotify in four different countries. <sighs> Isn't that sick? And just uh, recently, Australia was number one. So it's That's just nice. Yeah, it's just nice. So thank you all for listening. I just thank wanted, you, thank you, thank you. Yes, it's it's very exciting. And uh, I don't know how you. I'm going to be honest. Michael's going to kill me. How do you have time to listen to this? How? I I just want to watch one TV show, uninterrupted. Nobody asking me any questions at night. That's it. That's all I want. I want to read one page of a book without my phone ringing. I feel like you know a lot of people really are just listening to podcasts right now on their drives, on their commutes. Uh, oh yeah, I especially guess. you know even audiobooks now because people don't even give themselves time to read a physical book that they mm-hmm. listen to a reading of no. a book. I can't so, do the audiobook thing because I need to be able to drop my book into the pool. Yes, and then get it out and air it out and lay it out and dry <laughs> it out. <laughs> um, okay, but let's get into the episode. Finally, yes. what happened was oh, we're going to do a Christmas special. And I was like, yeah, yeah, right. And then finally it came to fruition probably three months later. And they wanted to know what gifts I would get the girls. Okay. So all of that was pre-planned. And I'm curious as well. But they wanted to know what I would get them. And my first, I, I don't know the chronological order, but I feel that we had just been to Australia maybe the first time we went. And... All the kids had Louis Vuitton backpacks and all the kids had this and that and everything. And I thought, gifts, gifts to give these kids. These kids have a gift. It's called a TV show. And that's all they're ever going to need. They don't need any gift, like materialistic thing. Why don't we pick out gifts for audience members or fans? Or why don't we pick out gifts for those less fortunate than others? Nope, they wanted to give the kids gifts. So I, I said, okay. So then we had to come up with what was the perfect gift for each child. And all these kids did was dance. They didn't really do anything else except 
I knew that Mackenzie wanted a puppy. And she had kept, you know, she kept talking about it. So I knew that because of Broadway Baby. She just wanted her own. And that, that was the easy one to think of. Not so easy to get. Oh, I bet. So Sandy, one of the producers for Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition, somehow she was involved in this special. And somehow it was her job to go get this damn dog somewhere. And she would drive hours in California to get the dog, and then it wouldn't be right. Then she'd drive to another place, and somebody already bought it. Then she So they kept coming up, and all day as I'm shooting the regular episodes, I'm getting pictures of these dogs on my phone. Aww. And I have to say yes or no to the dogs. It was like I was casting dogs, and I had to cut them. Oh, oh bad. So we finally decided on Malibu. And she is such a. And that cute was my I, my name. I decided on that. Really? So you yeah. decided on the name? Well, as no, well. I didn't decide on it. I brought that name up. That was my contribution. The name is. I think it would be really cute because she was a multi poo. Yes. So name her Malibu B O O instead of B U at the end. Um. Well, that makes sense. Yes. And you know, it was just really sweet, and uh, it was actually shot in New York. The episode. Yes. Too, the episode so was shot in New York. I, so to bring the dog from California oh on the plane God. to New York, it was just a whole thing. The dog was a thing, and then they weren't allowed to have the dog in the theater, and then, but it was part of the show. Then there would have to be clearance on that, and then they had to keep it from Mackenzie. But everyone wanted to see the dog. Ahead of time. So who knew about the dog? Did any of the kids know about the dog? Did Melissa know think, about the I dog before? I think she before? knew about the dog because she had to okay that. Melissa had to yeah, okay think, it. Yes. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So but I know somebody got kitchenware. Was it? That Nia? was Nia. Yes. Nia got kitchenware. I don't. She must have been in a little phase where she wanted to cook or something. Yes. Uh, remember, you had said that she baked you a cake in LA and it was spectacular, you said. So that may have inspired you to. That may have been a little false, but I don't, may have been a little I don't remember false. her baking me a cake, but I remember her going to dinner uh, with us all the time. So when the moms would go to dinner and the few times I would go with them, Nia would be with us. None of the other kids went. They all stayed at the hotel. They did their spa massage party thing, which is something else. But, and then Nia would go to dinner with the adults. Oh, okay. And um, so let's just start at the beginning really quick. Uh, it starts with the kids decorating the tree, you know, obviously, you know, produced. And then uh, Abby's like, girls, fix it. You know, move move that around. And then and then at one point you're just like, okay, just just go, you know, just go. So it, it was really cute. Uh, Jeff Collins was the host of the <laughs> reunion. So how was it working with Jeff Collins? as the executive producer of the show? Dry. Dry. Very dry. Very dry. He would be a nervous wreck. He was trying to be well rehearsed with his questions and his inflection and his speaking patterns. But he, I just used to try to tease him and get him loosened up a little bit about his outfit. Yeah. Yes, because I never liked what he wore. No, really? No. No, we'd be all glammed up and you'd have a plaid tie on or something. Or, <laughs> I mean, Christmas, you can wear the, the red and green plaid. But it, just every other time, it was very he was very dry. And I think I was quick for him. And he was a man who wanted to appear at all times 
extremely intelligent, mm. extremely well-spoken, extremely mannered and dignified. And I would try to, you know, turn the screws. Well, who knows? Maybe if you think about it, maybe Jeff can come on the podcast at some point. You can talk about... I don't know if he leaves L.A., but... Oh, well, that's fine. When yeah. you're back in L.A. When I'm back in L.A. Uh, so he starts off by asking what Christmas means to you. And you mentioned how you think about, you know, being around the Christmas tree with your mom and your dad and how all the other kids would be playing with their toys and you would, you know, be at mass. You know, you're very yeah. devoted Catholic. So. Yes. Yeah, so, well, not when I was eight or nine. Yeah. I wanted to play with my toys, too. And my mother was like, no, we're going to 12 noon mass. Why? Why? When we just open the gifts and we want to play. Now we have to go to mass. We couldn't we go at midnight but night before like mm. my friends did with their families you know but those were the rules and that's what you did because it was christ's birthday and that was more important and than any gift we just found a picture of you and your mom from disney uh during yes. the holidays yeah How she sweet was, was that she was sick at that point she was sick and uh we love disney and we used to go to the grand floridian resort hotel for the uh character dinner or the character breakfast uh, and every year we went and they were very kind and gentle with her and they'd all come around and make a fuss out of her and yeah it was great so uh, Jeff then asks you about you know if any of the moms are on your naughty or nice list and you basically say that they're all on the naughty list of course they shocking are. shocking right guys uh, so <laughs> just to really quickly read it because I just think that your one-liners in this episode are hysterical Christy whose mouth is out of control uh, Melissa who's naughty in front of the kids all the time which I've heard not only from you but from a lot of cast members mm. uh kelly showing up drunk to the studio holly can't believe a book won't fix nia's feet and jill has crying kendall so and you just like no rehearsal just just dished it out which i just thought was hysterical yes and i didn't know that question ahead of time yeah. i was never you know preempted or not preempted i was never prepared i was never briefed no. Yeah. No. Are you kidding? No. No. I was just show up and here you are. Yeah. I was probably working on recital costumes for my other students and other things at that time. You also mentioned how uh, during the holidays, it's something that you look forward to because no moms, no kids, and it's a break from you know, being in the studio because at that time you were doing a television show all these weeks of the year that you've spoken about on this podcast and right. also just you know being a businesswoman as well. well. A bad businesswoman, but yes. And then in the studio, we were only out for Christmas Day. Well, Christmas Eve, of course, Christmas Day, and the next day. And then by the 27th, we were back in the studio for rehearsals. Not for the TV show, just for my studio. I always get emails and direct messages online from kids and parents asking if I can record a short video, wishing someone a happy birthday, a milestone congratulations on a special achievement, or even just my advice before performing at a competition. With Cameo, my followers, the ALDC elites, have the chance to connect with me directly. Looking to have Abby Lee's last word as you enter an exciting moment of your life? Maybe put you, your friend, or a special someone at the top of the pyramid? Or do you want them at the very bottom? Anything is possible on Cameo.
Connect with me from anywhere on the globe at cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. That's cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. The sky's the limit on Cameo. Crazy. So the moms come out. I think Jill looked fabulous. She was wearing this like beautiful, like uh, sparkle red dress. The other ones, yeah, everybody else. I, I, you know, I love Jill though. But uh, Kelly came out, and um, at one point you were saying how that you enjoy giving gifts because you know it's about the giving and you want to make people happy. So then she said, "That's why I always give you cookies because I know that uh, cookies make you happy." Well, I don't know if she ever baked a cookie in her life, but her mother was a very good cook. Really? And so she would probably make cookies, Christmas cookies. Yes. And wrap them in different cutesy little boxes to give to school teachers and the dance teacher and yada, yada, yada. Oh, so that's nice. So her mom had given you cookies. Right. The only gift I ever remember, this is honest to God's truth, I'm trying so hard to remember. The only gift I remember getting from the moms for Christmas was a pair of Ugg boots black Ugg short boots and they were airbrushed on the side because we had to store in Pitts we had a store in Pittsburgh named Littles and it was a famous shoe store I had been going there since I was a little kid and they were the only ones in town that carried Ugg boots and one day of the month they had a guy there airbrushing the Ugg boots with whatever you wanted on them. Mm-hmm. And it was like a thing. I don't know if that was a thing in every other city or just in Pittsburgh. Well, I know that even in Disney, they they did stuff like that. I, they I, airbrushed the Ugg boots? Yeah, I'm not sure about just Ugg boots, but I think that at least at that time, it was definitely something that people were doing. Okay, sure. so they bought me a pair of black short Ugg boots and they were airbrushed with Abby Lee Dance Company, ALDC, on the sides. So let's count. Jill? Melissa, Kelly, Christy. Holly. Holly. Five moms. And then six would be Maddie, seven Mackenzie, eight Kendall, nine Nia. Brooke and Paige. Brooke and Paige, that's 11. And Chloe, 12. So 12 people pitched in to buy one pair of Ugg boots. Thank you so much. <laughs> sipping the mug, sipping the leave it on the dance floor mug on that one. Now, first. it's the thought that counts. But what the hell were they thinking? Really? <laughs> really? But I would love to actually find out if anybody's listening who got the Ugg boots from the auction. Oh, yes. Send us a picture. Yes. Yeah, definitely send us a picture. Uh, I really didn't want to part with those. No, you really I wanted those. to keep them. But because they were the most comfortable Uggs I ever had. But they were in Pittsburgh in the store and they like grabbed them and thought, well, I mean, these absolutely. are famous, these are great. Yeah. You know, and I did appreciate them and I did like them. I just felt it was, you're buying your kid a Louis Vuitton backpack, you're buying Gianna, I'm buying Gianna, Louis Vuitton wallet and passport yeah. case and this and that, and they're buying, and you know what I mean? I'm buying for their kids and this and that. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I, I mean, those kids had brand new dancewear every single Wednesday for Pyramid. Yeah. And every t-shirt they ever owned. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, we're going to do a look back. Oh. Because somebody sent me 
one of our ALDC elites actually oh, okay. sent me a video that one of the moms did about their costumes. Yes. And yes. their ALDC stuff and their earrings. And I found it enlightening to say the least. Yes. Okay, so we will look forward to that in the new There's year. There's a whole lot of tea there. Yes. Uh, so you call Santa's little helper out, which is a stunning man. I'm not sure who it was or if they knew him from the crew. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't just... one of my personal friends. I didn't know. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so he came out and you had gifts for the moms. Oh, I probably didn't buy those. Well. But I picked them out. You definitely picked them out. Yes. So Kelly gets tequila and a drink helmet. And you said that, or, and she said that, Abby, you've known me since I was two. I don't drink tequila. And then you said, you figure that she was moving on to the hard stuff. Right. <laughs> but it's like a big case. It was like a 12, or like in 12 bottles of tequila, which I just thought was hysterical and gives me a hangover. I know some other moms it. that were not cast on the show that drink tequila straight. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, then Abby uh, gives Jill. I don't know what it was because I don't think that you can just hand somebody a thing of Botox and syringes, but it was like um, you said, Jill will have lips so big that she won't be able to open her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably a gift certificate for. Yeah, but there, yeah, and maybe production had put like some sur like fake syringes in there or something because she like oh. pulled out the syringes. I was just like, what is this? I don't know. Maybe at that time you could. Maybe, maybe. Re regulations have, have tightened up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, then Holly, uh, you said that you hope that she starts off the year off the on the right foot. And you give her these beautiful orthopedic uh, shoes because I know that you always had opinions on Dr. Holly's feet. Well, you know, obviously when you're so tall too, you know, I'm sure that that was crazy. But I you can't have little feet; you'll fall over. No, right. Um, but you also dressed her up for the Rosa Parks um, episode when you took her out shopping. So I think yes. that you loved to spruce. Dr. I just Holly think up. that people don't dress well for their body type. Mm -hmm. And it's a talent like anything else. Some people are into clothes, some people are not. Some people are into fashion, some people are not. And I know whatever the latest trend was and I wanted it, wanted it, wanted it. And my mother would say, you know, that's in right now, but it doesn't mean it's in for you. It's gonna look good on lots of kids, it doesn't look good on you. So instead of going with what's in, just because it's in, go with what you look better in mm -hmm. all the time. And I don't think she ever got that. Well, no, and I mean, sometimes it takes a teacher or another person in your life to give you those choices. Or how about not someone doing it in angst, but someone doing it because they actually care about you and they want you to look better, and they want you to look your best. Yeah. Why is that never taken into consideration? Just I like the know. kids with costuming and stuff. I want you to look your best. I don't want you to look, you know, just the other day, during season nine, Abby Lee danced with me. Kids came in in costumes, 
that were not great on their bodies. Mm -hmm. You can have a million rhinestones on that costume, and if it doesn't fit you properly and it doesn't go with the performance and the music, it's not right. Uh, later on in the episode, you actually kind of go at it with Christy at one point about why you would be doing the auditions in season four to replace kids or bring new kids on. And then at one point you say, did you ever think maybe, especially your kid included, I want them to get better or I want to challenge them, which I thought was really interesting. Kids get so, complacent. Yeah, because obviously the kids were winning at that time a lot. So, you know, one could say, okay, well, they're winning, you know, let's, let's just leave it at this. But people like Kalani that you had worked with and wanted to bring on the show and help elevate the team even further and challenge the other kids and give them some competition. Well, right? yes, in many high schools out there across the United States, cheerleading, you audition every year. Doesn't mean you're gonna make it. If you're a senior, and some hotshot new 10th grader comes in and does standing back tucks, this and that, you're, you're on the line to get axed. And it's not maybe fair or right or your feelings get hurt, but on the other hand, they wanna keep you on your toes. They wanna keep you in shape and moving forward and advancing, not complacent and lazy. Just like we have a kid sitting here who goes on tour and assists. Ah, you know, you can get lazy thinking, well, you got the gig. It doesn't matter. There's no one else that's going to do this. But there's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of work involved, right, Scarlett? Yes. Yeah, she's but nodding there's, off camera. <laughs> but everyone's replaceable. I mean, there's always somebody vying for your job. And that's what the kids needed to see. They needed to be at the auditions. They needed to take part in the auditions. And that's what they were afraid of. Because at that time, remember, at that time, that's when Chloe was not showing up for class on Mondays. Yeah, I think that it's a misconception. At one point, I want to say maybe after season three, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I know that Christy was already going to be potentially out of the studio before the show started, and then she had the title, so she couldn't leave the studio or something like mm -hmm. that. At that point, Chloe, Brooke, and Paige weren't taking normal classes at the studio outside of the shooting hours. I think Brooke and Paige were. Okay. It was Chloe was doing her meet and greets and not getting back into town until Monday. So she missed school Monday, which was bad for her. Bad for her parents. Her dad did not allow her to miss school. But then to make money, it was a little different circumstance. So then she didn't come to class Monday night. So then Tuesday were interviews. So everybody else had already said, I need to have my interview early. I want my interview at noon or at one o'clock. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie has a private with tap on Tuesday. So, so she needs to have her interview done early. So they were all there Tuesday early in the day to be on time for dance class at 4.30. The other kids would do their interviews five, six, seven at night. Well, now they're not gonna run up to the studio to take class. It's only gonna be an hour at yeah. 8, 8.30, they're finished, they're going home. So why do it? Hence the problem, when they came in Wednesday, we had pyramid and we started the routine. Guess what? We learned part of it on Monday. We learned a new jump combination on Monday. We're gonna put it in the routine. Oh, Tuesday, what do you mean you weren't here Tuesday? 
you didn't learn the whole lyrical combo that we taught, it's in the dance. So that's what was happening is we had to use choreography and new steps or turns or whatever from Monday night classes and Tuesday night classes that were dance company, competition team classes, not TV show classes, but the regular ALDC team. And we used parts of them on Wednesday. And now those kids are falling further and further behind because they're not getting any technique. They're not getting their regular jumps and turns and can, you know, acro, gymnastics, tumbling, whatever. They're not getting their ballet classes. So the kids now, uh-oh, I'm slipping, slipping, slipping down the ladder because I'm not keeping up with the technique. It's, it's like math class. Yeah. Everybody out there, you've all been in math. You miss three days of trigonometry, quit, drop the class, because you're not gonna make it up. Because it's quick, everything it's, is, it, it, yeah. And it builds and builds and builds. So when you miss those classes, you're not improving your technique, number one. You're not even maintaining your physique, number two. Number three, you don't know what you're doing because we're using what we already did in class. And it's an- and it's For moms that think they know everything and know nothing, that's what was happening to the kids. So it wasn't that, oh, well, she hates us and oh, she's punishing our kids and blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, hello, we're trying to put a TV show together every single week and do a new number and your kids aren't in class. How do you expect them to do the numbers? Is it true that the show would pay for the kids' tuition? Yes. It is, okay. Somewhat, yes. I was curious about that, yeah. Well, I think that was a Christy Kelly move with their attorney that forced them to pay tuition. Because those were the two that struggled with the tuition all the time. I mean, come on, be serious. <laughs> yeah. Those were the two that struggled with their tuition. But it's You a, didn't hear Jill doing that. No. She paid her tuition. No. Holly was no problem with money. She paid her tuition. Jill gave you some gifts along the Jill way. Jill did. Jill yeah. did give me some gifts along the way. Yeah, so I guess that's nice. We love Jill. Uh, so good segue, though, because you got Christy uh, a cash box. Christy's cash box. Yes, because <laughs> she only took cash, only cash. Her, All her little announcements, her artwork would always say cash only. Interesting. Yeah. And at one point she brought up how, you know, interesting how you would give her that kind of gift because Abby makes the most money out of all of us and at Maddie's birthday party, she was charging kids to come in and, you know, I don't know. Then Melissa jumped that in and said- That wasn't me, yeah, that was Melissa. That's exactly what you that said. That wasn't me. <laughs> that's exactly that what me. she said in the episode. Everybody out there listening knows that that's what she said. Uh, and then Melissa insists that it all went to the food bank. What do you think? Is that her credit card that she uses for restaurants and dining? That food bank? Oh, yeah. okay. We'll leave that on the dance she floor. She just twists things in her head, but it's a food bank. It's her bank, and it's where <laughs> she buys food. It's her bank card. <laughs> uh, and then you got her sexy undies and a gift card for a million-dollar matchmaker. Meanwhile, she was married again at the time. Well, <laughs> and I mean, at number three, yeah. I would be concerned that there would be a four. Yeah, well, if uh, I was him. You even said you were like, "Come on, what's your record here?" <laughs> Just you don't make this up. 
You don't make this up. It's just hysterical. Like I, I well, have I to. I did s- make it up. What do you mean you don't make this well, up? Well, make no, it I up. mean, well, there's no writers. Writers yes, don't write yes, that. There's no writers. Right. I just honestly like this. Probably is one of my favorite episodes of Dance Moms. Just watching this, the kids then perform Christmas Morning. It. I'm curious if you remember. They obviously used a different song that was Christmassy. It was your Santa Claus is Coming to Town classic ALDC choreography. So yes, do you the remember Pointer them Sisters? Doing that? Yes, of course. I wanted to do the number. Mm-hmm. The Pointer Sisters do a song. It was on a red CD with gold writing. It was done as a benefit CD. All the proceeds went to something. I can't remember. And the music is fabulous on it. They still make it now, so you can get it. And it was Pointer Sisters, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It has very 60s vibe, the pony, the Lindy. It's great. And we do, yeah, Brady Bunch, yep. Brady Bunch. I could get up and teach it right now. And uh, It's on your TikTok. Yes, so. so you can check it out. And uh, that's what they did. And it starts with the pajamas. And the reason I originally choreographed the dance was many, many, many years ago. I'm talking in the 80s the late 80s, I was asked to do the opening of our big parade in the city of Pittsburgh. And it used to be the Kaufman's Parade because Kaufman's was our big department store, our classy, wonderful, amazing department store that I miss so badly. And it started downtown on the street. So the kids wore uh, tennis shoes, long johns, turtlenecks with pajamas over them and the pajamas were provided by Kaufman's the department store and they were plaid the red and green plaid with the big bows in their head and uh, pre-Jojo wait 30 years before she was born (laughs) Uh, and then they did they laid in the street in a big clump over top of each other and they yawned and they woke up off the street and then they got up and it got bigger and bigger and bigger the dancing was great so cute and the pajamas were so cute uh, so then our favorite villain, Kathy, comes on out. <laughs> and uh, Jeff, before that, says that you guys were a dysfunctional family. And Interesting. You, you were like, yeah, but like, do your sisters like take a knife and stab each other in the back and all this? And, you know, then Jill said that Kathy's the ugly stepsister. They bring her out. Uh, and... Um, she gifts you an egg poaching set. Egg poaching. Because you're poached eggs. Yeah, because you're poaching students at oh. your uh, auditions, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> sad. I had my own students in Pittsburgh that were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant dancers, beautiful feet, legs, flexibility, strength, ballon, everything. They wouldn't allow me to use them. And you were saying that that you had you know so many other students that you couldn't bring on the show. So this was your way of at least expanding the team or you know doing different faces. I, Michael, I always felt not just in hindsight, but now, or not just in hindsight, but then and there, that once a kid turned fourteen, audience done, and bring in a new eight, nine, ten year old, mm-hmm. it should constantly be evolving. That's what happens in a real dance studio. In a real dance studio, you're in the junior company. When you age up, you get older, you're pulling the age group up. You're making the whole team compete in an older age division. So after the 10 to 12, what comes next? 13 to 15. So you can maybe hang in there at 13, but once you hit 14, boom, you're gone. And that's what should have actually happened. 
Then little ones that were from seven to nine, those nine-year-olds turning 10, move into that group. So that always stays 10 to 12. But considering that I was working for a company that knew absolutely nothing about dance, absolutely nothing about dance competitions, they didn't get that. But what's nice about season nine is that you have a lot of ages. I do. Yeah. So I have petites, seven to nine, and I have juniors, 10 to 12. It's exciting. Millions of kids go to bed hungry each night in the U.S. So when I found out about a nonprofit that feeds 5,000 underserved children each night named Katarina's Club, headed by Chef Bruno Serrato, I knew I had to help. After all, who knows kids better than me? He launched Katarina's Club when he found out about California's motel kids. These children are so poor that their entire families live in single-room motels with no kitchens, nowhere to cook, no dinner. So food was a rarity for many of these families. He has been feeding kids, 5,000 kids, every single night since 2005. He even mortgaged his home twice to keep the program going. When his restaurant, Anaheim White House, burned to the ground, he found another kitchen that same day to keep feeding kids without interruption. He has served well over 10 million meals. We are looking for any size donations. After all, a $5 donation feeds a family of four. While food banks are helping ease the crisis, many of these children, often referred to as motel kids, live in cheap, crime-ridden units that do not contain kitchens. Since these families are unable to cook dinner, they depend on already prepared meals like those provided by Katarina's Club. To become involved and make a donation, go to katarinasclub.org backslash donate. Again, that's katarinasclub.org backslash donate. Uh, so she quickly kind of goes through what she would get the moms for Christmas as well. She said that she would get Kelly an embroidered hanky because of her soggy eyeballs from crying from all the fights with you. Uh, Melissa, she would get a one-way ticket to LA so she never comes back. <laughs> uh, Christy, she said that she would get a jail, a get-out-of-jail-free card, which... I ended up, you know, I could have used that myself. Oh, okay. my. Uh, then she goes, I probably wouldn't buy Jill a gift. <laughs> Because she, I don't know, her and Jill, I don't know. Kathy has spoken about it on our show that she's willing to meet with Jill. I don't know if Jill is willing to meet with Kathy. Yeah. So yeah. I think that they really, like, that was kind of real um, kind on the of show. Real. That was real. Yeah. Uh, so then, Abby, at one point you said to Kathy, because, you know, she kept going on about you, go outside, hit a Broadway show, and see if your name is in the playbill. Because yes. you've had kids... Say it. How many Broadway shows? Well, I don't, I'm not going to say it. I don't know. I don't know now. It's insane. Many, many, many Broadway shows. And I'm blessed. I, I mean, when I think about the kids from Pittsburgh, that I got out of Pittsburgh and on to a Broadway stage, it, it's baffling to me. There's dance teachers that have had their studios for 50 years that haven't had one kid make it to Broadway. And I've had 
several and and just working all over the place. And you, you know? go, you see them, you you know, I've been with you, you're like, no, this is important. I, I have to see the student. I haven't seen them in so long and this 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 is this is why it all mattered. It's why it know? all mattered. And it and it did. You know, I always said on my tombstone, I wanted to say, Will it matter that I was? And it does. Oh. For a lot of kids. A lot millions. of millions. Yes. Millions. And even the kids that aren't dancing, you because like guys there were kids chasing you, like running down the street in New York City, not dancers, just like people in their 20s that were like, oh my God, it's Abby Lee. It's just the impact that you've had on these people, kids. I find it strange that I'm recognized by so many teenage boys. Yeah. You know, 12, 13, 14 year olds, I guess their girlfriends watch the show and they're like, oh, oh my God, that's Abby Lee. They spot me first. Mm -hmm. And then you get the dads that know me and the moms. And the dads are so respectful too. You have a yeah, lot of dads, respectful dads, dads that really, yeah. They get it, yeah, they get it. And uh, also, you know, the girls of all ages, five-year-olds, five-year-olds, all the way up to 30s. Yeah. It's just nice, you know? So I know that life is so hard and, you know, you, you have it so hard, but, you know, I, I always just love to remind you of the impact that you've made. On, I know. I on wish, me, on Scarlett, on, on everybody, our listeners, everybody. I Seriously. Just, I wish some of the impact was, uh, well, it is positive. We know that. We yes. all know that. I wish some of the negative impact uh, would have not been all manufactured yeah. and created by the network and by the production company. Yeah. But uh, Kathy then brought uh, her kids to perform, which I think was nice. They were actually really good um, from what I saw. And uh, well, you we were just doing a little Christmas dance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so then you did your own take on Twas the Night Before Christmas, which I thought was a sleigh. Did you write that yourself? Yes, I did. Really? You wrote that yourself? Twas the Night Before Christmas. No, Sandy Powers probably helped me. Okay. My friends and Denise, everybody. I have it here. I would love if you can read it really quickly. Okay. Oh. Because, you know. Twas the night before Christmas. It's perfectly clear. The Abby Lee Dance Company has nothing to fear. This poser pretender and hick that we've seen can try all she wants, but I'll always be queen. The moms are obnoxious, greedy, and drunk. But my dancers are champions from ballet to crunk. They outclass all others and reign the land. The name Abby Lee means something quite grand. Kathy, since we met, you've been jealous of me. My girls, my show, and my choreography. It's hard to believe that we were once friends. You lie and you cheat, and honey, your time has come to an end. It's a miracle you've gotten as far as you've gotten, but deep down, you're just an apple that's rotten. Iconic, iconic. That was that has Sandy Powers and Denise written all over it. Yes, it, it was just so good. I had to have Abby read it just to give us the whole little recap. But so you wrote that yourself. I love that. Well. No, with help. We sat well, around Sandy's help. kitchen table. But, you know, I just we rewrote like, a lot of songs in our day. 
Yes. That used to be something we did. People would say, oh, so-and-so is having a retirement party. They're retiring and this is their favorite song. And we would rewrite the words about them. We did that all the time. Then uh, Christy and Kathy have their own, which I thought were not as good as yours, obviously. I, it was interesting. There was an artist named Coco Jones that then performed, which was, I don't, I don't know. She was beautiful. She was amazing. I just seemed very random. She had no relation to any of the cast. So I'm not sure what that was about. Then you had the dance dads come out, Erno and Evan, too. I, did I leave at that point on the show? Am I whisked away? No. I'm sitting there with them? You're sitting with Erno and... Uh, oh, just those two came. Just those two dads okay. came, yes. All right, because I was wondering, that's why I asked you if I had been whisked away, because I don't remember the rest of the dads. Yes. Yep. So just they came out of everybody and you obviously, you know, brought that up. Uh, the dads say that it's tough to, you know, have their family not home all the time and see their children cry, but they've grown so much and it's tough love, but it's overall been an amazing experience for the girls. And I think Evan and Erno, you had good relationships with the, those dads were pretty involved as far as the team went, right? No. No? They were not involved. They were just nice gentlemen. Okay. Which yes. I guess is better than the rest, right? Sure. Okay. Well, well, one we'll dad was a complete asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving that on the dance floor. Uh, you obviously point out that you thought it was you know, interesting that they were the only ones. The girls came out and Santa... Well, it was in New York, too. Yes, it was. So they... It was the East Coast. Like, the it's not dads like they had to fly. didn't have to go anywhere. No. No. So, an interesting choice. Uh, but that would probably revert back to the dads who had a child and a wife on a television show, on a dance show, in the performing arts, and had never seen a Broadway show. Not Erno, not Evan, but the others. Yes. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that dance stuff. Nonsensical. It's nonsensical. Yes. Uh, With his Pittsburgh Yinzer pathetic accent. That... Um, we can get into that another episode. I want to just because we don't have that much time left. But the girls come out and Santa, you, <laughs> Miss Abby, uh, has gifts for the kids. Um, you say that you receive joy in giving to others, which I do. Oh, my God, guys, to the point where sometimes people that are helping or assisting Abby, like not that it's not that it's ever annoying, but like it's just always something you do. Like anywhere you go, you have a whole like sometimes it's a suitcase's worth of stuff for other people. Well, that you take the time that you either give to them, that you mail to them. Um, you have a whole um, thing of Grinch stuff right now in your bag. I don't think everybody realizes around me that they dress as badly as they do, and I'm trying to shape them up. <laughs> so the they gift don't is, get it. The gift is really for you because you're like, I can't stand to see these kids dressed this way anymore. Yes. Now I'm getting it. Now, now get I'm it? getting it. Yes, okay. now I'm getting it, Abby. Uh, and I still have like I'm I have a good shopper. Yeah, I have four pairs of shoes that I wear all the time that you gifted me. So thank really? you for that. Yes. The, okay. Sneakers that I'm wearing right now, actually. Um, so I had white ones on. Yes. There you go. Don't uh, wear white shoes, people. Especially in the winter. If you're going to tennis, the U.S. Open, wear your white tennis shoes. Otherwise, no. <laughs> uh, so Nia is up first. Um, you, it's, you said that she baked you a cake. So uh, you. I know what it was now. I know what it was. The kids were coming to L.A. And there was one kind of mom that was a weirdo fan that got her hooks into the kids deep 
and she used to take them take them to that Duff's bakery where the kids don't learn to bake, don't learn how to make a cake, don't learn how to crack an egg, nothing. They just buy this cake and decorate it mm. with the fondant yeah. and the tubes and this and that. And that's what Nia decorated me, the cake, at Duff's. And she was really interested in it. She loved it. So that's why she got the whole cake baking kit. Yeah, $2,000 worth of baking equipment. Kendall, uh, you said that she's got the look. So she had $2,000 worth of best makeup that money can buy. And it was like a beautiful makeup case and everything. And by the way, like I'm going to say all of the kids were so, they looked so happy. And you looked so happy to like give them something and they ran up to you and yeah, hugged you. Yeah, they got excited. It, it was, was fun. It's just sweet. And I think that the entire cast Even would agree. Even though they needed nothing. No, They no. wanted for nothing. But I think right. the whole cast would agree that just, it would be so nice had the show showed more of those moments. Right, you know? absolutely. Because it just showed more of the real relationship that you had There were moments them. like that all the time. Yeah, you know, and... I'm sure, you know, even the Kardashians, you know, when they talk about like watching the show afterwards and seeing the edit, it's hard to relive all of that. And then they get in fights again because of it. So I can't even imagine how that all contributed yeah, no, to, no, no, no. although a lot of people claim they never watched the show, which I don't think is true. Um, so then Brooke. Those kids used to watch the show on the bus going to the competition. Because they wanted to. They were watching it. And they wanted to see what they did wrong in the on dances. stage. Yes. Yeah as anybody would do. When I was in my show choir, we would always watch, watch, watch. That way you knew what to fix when right. the next time you performed. No brainer. Then uh, Brooke, uh, you wanted to help make her dreams come true, you said, and you gave her a home recording studio. Yeah. Then uh, Paige, it was the biggest gift on the stage. Uh, Abby said that uh, you have always thought that she was a beautiful girl, or you always said that she was a beautiful girl, and you gave this really big vanity. And it was like just beautiful. I wonder, you think like that furniture? She, furniture, yes, yeah. I, I wonder, remember. You think she still has it? No. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll Did see. they even take it home from New York? Who knows? True. I mean, lugging furniture, maybe. I don't know. But uh, Chloe, uh, you got. You said that um, you know that Chloe loves to exercise and be a good dancer, but she also likes to exercise her mind. Right. So you got her um, a lot of books and a lifetime supply of books. I'm not sure books from where. I don't know if it was Scholastic or who it was, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, then Maddie, which was a very different gift from everybody else, uh, custom-made Capizio tap shoes plus a $5,000 gift certificate from Capizio directly. Right, Capizio but, gave that. Yes. Um, so... I just think that that was interesting. I'm curious, like, who do you think brought that to fruition? Did well, she was modeling for Capizio at that time. That makes sense. So there they were we go. Probably paying her fifty bucks or something. So yeah. And then to close it all off, you gave Mackenzie Malibu a puppy, a puppy. So Malibu just recently passed away. Yes, this past year. And you posted something very nice about it. Did you, you had a relationship obviously with the girls and, you know, Melissa, you know, for a while. Do you remember any of the good times with the dog at all? Did you have good times with the puppy? No. Well, she wasn't around too much after that initial gift giving. Yeah. Because we were never home and the dog wasn't allowed to come on the trips with us, which was weird. I thought it would be like the mascot. Yeah. You know, and come with us all the time. And then it would give me something to do. 
that I could be sweet and nice with this puppy and hold it while the kids were dancing. And uh, she, Melissa would bring her to the hospital room where my mother was uh, in hospice care. And Broadway Baby at that point was stuffed and was on the floor in the entrance to my mother's room. So Malibu would come and lay on her tummy and stare at Broadway Baby and try to play. Oh. And couldn't understand why she's not playing with me. <laughs> why is she not playing with me? Oh, Broadway Baby's yes. playing days were over at that yes. point. And she would lay on her and crawl over her and flip her yeah. over her and everything, yes. Well, that's sweet though. You know, yes. but and it was such a beautiful moment. Mackenzie just started sobbing. You started crying. I, I feel like that was really a raw, real moment. Very organic. Yes, because I wanted a puppy my entire life. Every single Christmas, I wrote my list for Santa, and number one was a dog or a puppy. And there'd be 49 other things. And then at the end, there'd be the big asterisks. And it would say, if you get number one, you don't have to get anything else, Santa. And oh, I wanted that. And my mom and dad knew I wanted it. And I was so allergic. And all they knew about was a Maltese because my dad's sister had a Maltese. And so that was the only dog that existed, I guess. I don't know. And uh, they took me several times to buy the Maltese. And my dad would take me to this puppy farm or whatever. And the, the breeder and we would go and he'd write the check out and then he'd say, oh, wait, the doctor told me I had to look at her outside in the sunlight and he'd take me outside and my eyes were bloody, you know, running, bloodshot and uh, my throat was swelling shut and I had hives all over my face where the puppies like clawed me and didn't get the puppy. And I remember, uh, did I tell this story? I'm, I, I, I don't know. The car on the way home you didn't you weren't in a seat belt or a car seat or anything so i'm in the back seat kneeling up on my knees looking out the back window as we drove away from the the puppy breeders house i didn't get the puppy and i would be devastated for months after that and i don't know if it was like a plan and my dad always knew he was going to rip the check up because in 1975 Writing a $2,000 check for a dog, was that was a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money now. So that was the thing, and I wanted it, and I just couldn't imagine opening a box that a puppy was in. And I thought, I never got to live this dream, but I'm making it happen for Mackenzie to open a box and get a puppy that's yours. To me, that was just the best thing ever. And I would hope that the family, Mackenzie, now, at the very least, can say that from the experience, at least they're grateful for that kind of moment with you. Oh no, you know? I don't think so. They don't care if I'm dead. Why would you care about a damn dog? Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Different strokes, different folks. But looking on the outside in. For me, it made me feel yes, good and that I could make a child's dream come true. And well, I made a lot of dreams come true, but let's just say that was a big one. And I, you know, I think that this is a really great place to leave it. You said that you made her cry in a good way. Yes, which and was 
And but giving it this holiday season is about giving. Uh, look at the news. Mm. Look at what's going on. It's horrific. In 2023, there are children, children going through warfare, ripped from their parents' arms and and just ugh, no food, no clean water, no, a cell phone, but no water. It, it, it's just unfathomable that our world has come to this in 2023 and we are reliving things that happened 100 years ago, 200 years ago. It's nuts. And uh, we have to think of others this Christmas season. Absolutely. And, you know, we're sending our love to the entire world. You know, we've spoken about it before. We listened to in over 150 countries, which yes. is just crazy. So everybody out there, no matter where you are on the globe, we're sending you the best, best, best holiday wishes. Yes. And, you know, we're going to take a break for the holidays. We're going to probably take one week off and then we're going to be back in the new year for uh, the podcast. There's we have uh, still to come. You recorded with Sandy Powers. The whole kit and caboodle from the Pittsburgh studio. Yes. yes. And uh, Denise and your godchild, Maddie. Yes. Uh, and we also have some small surprises. My alumni just aired, and those are the OGs. I mean, woo, yes. And uh, then there's some surprises to come. Yeah. It's it's just so exciting to, to think about the future of where Leave It On The Dance Floor can go. And uh, here's to another amazing year. And I, you know... I just wish you all the best. I'm, I love having you in New York, so I hope that you can stay as long as you can. And Cheers. we'll see you guys next year. Next up, leave it on the dance floor in 2024. ALDC Elite, thank you so very much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and give Leave It On The Dance Floor a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch each week and see exclusive behind-the-scenes content like my never-seen-before pictures and videos from the competitions, some even taken from the wings, classes at the ALDC studio in Pittsburgh, or even our iconic dance concerts, head over to Patreon or become a member on YouTube Premium, linked in the show notes each week. See you on the flip side. A Huda Media Production.